You've made an excellent decision because you are listening to the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Drink 5 Network, starring your hosts Dave and Jason. And tonight we're discussing all of the latest fantasy football news, as well as the newly announced NFL schedule, and highlighting the NFC West division. Some matchups to finally look forward to, right? Does it feel like fantasy football season yet to you? It's always fantasy football season, man. <laughs> Especially when you're uh, when you're in dynasty leagues, etc. Oh, that is delicious. All right, we'll start right with what are we drinking? Um, I got a six pack of the Brew Free or Die IPA. It's an India Pale Ale, uh, the solid malt backbone and a hoppy flavor. It's incredibly well balanced, and uh, it's kind of a lighter look to it um so this is uh after one sip i have nothing but good things to say good things are better than bad things true what are you drinking over there i have a 312 i also have a brew free or die ipa classic chicago beer so i am looking forward to it from 21st amendment brewery lovely name there lovely beer i hope and yeah. uh, what are we chatting about this evening? Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about the NFL schedule, we're going to talk about some fantasy football news, and we're going to highlight the NFC West, talk about the guys that they've gained and lost and yada yada. So the NFL schedule came out today, we've all been really excited for it for, I don't know, a couple of weeks now I would say. We're all trying to plan like what away game we want to go check out. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, the schedule was sort of trickling in all day. There was leaks. The very first one we heard was that the Packers and the Bears would be playing on Thanksgiving night at Lambeau Field. And that is going to be Brett Favre night. Uh, so congratulations, Packers. That's a win for you. Um, I'm sure that John Madden can't wait to get to that game, right? He's going to enjoy himself. Is he still alive, John Madden? <clears throat> alive or dead? We never play that game. That's a fun game to play. Well, I haven't seen him in a while. so I'm going to go with Alive. Because he's still giving like uh, Hall of Fame speeches and stuff like that. He's got to prove it to me. He's got to like come to the house and be like, "Listen, Dave, I'm alive." Is that your John Madden impression? Uh, it's my impression of someone other than me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. You know, uh, we all we all have things we need to work on. Uh, that impression, maybe <laughs> I'll get better at my John Madden impression. I promise. It's probably not the top of your list, but you know, I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, of course, we're excited about fantasy football season and the NFL in general. Of course, when the NFL starts up, which is just after Game of Thrones season, if I'm dividing uh, the year into seasons, it would be interesting to see exactly what I would divide it into. Um, for, for the time being, like if there's four seasons, okay. So clearly, there's NFL season and Game of Thrones season. What else is there? Well, it depends on the person, obviously. <clears throat> For me, I suppose there's probably... Um, I, I would have to lay it out before I before I threw it upon you. Okay, uh, well, I would think probably the NFL offseason and then disc golf season falls right between Game of Thrones season and NFL season. It extends... That works for me. Anyways. It extends into... But yeah, everyone has their own seasons. Hey, it's winter in the end of uh, spring sometimes, 
and it's fall in the middle of summer sometimes. It's Chicago. The seasons tend to blend together. Suffice to say that I'm not a big fan of hockey. I don't really watch baseball. I've been getting a little more into basketball Nobody now. Nobody brought up hockey, and you still had to hate on it. With the NBA playoffs approaching, I'm just giving people some background. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying anything that isn't true. So uh, what I'm saying is uh, it's not like I watch rugby, water polo, golf. I don't. So I'm vastly looking forward to football above and beyond the other, uh, the other sports that are going on. But uh, in between now and then, part of the great thing about the NFL is that we have a lot of news all the time in the months that lead up to the NFL starting. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can garner a lot from that. And there's a, it's just as cool as like having a discussion about what's uh, upcoming in a TV show or, or what's going to happen in a movie or uh, you know, are your friends going to get divorced or are they going to stay married? It, <laughs> any of those kinds of topics. So I, I look forward to it every year. The offseason just as much as the regular season. However... It really starts to come to a head after the NFL draft. So uh, that's why we haven't been doing too many of these shows. Yeah, we'll uh, pick up uh, again after the NFL draft. Um, but, you know, it's always fun to check in with football. So a couple other cool games. The Steelers and the Patriots start off the season. Uh, you know, they do a Thursday night game that's going to be on September 10th, 142 days from now. So start your uh, countdown clocks at 142 days. Because we'll be in the middle of the game at that point. Um, so there's going to be three London games again this year. All three of those games start at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So last year they did it for one of the games, and they did it for one of the games a couple years before that as well. I really liked it as somebody who cannot possibly get enough football. Um, I'm sure that maybe the fans of these teams are going to be a little upset. So the games in London are going to be the Jets at Miami on October 4th, Buffalo at Jacksonville, on the 25th, and I only say at because then you're sort of understanding who's losing a home game, uh, and then Detroit at Kansas City on November 1st. So that's two weeks in a row uh, that we'll get a early game. So that's 14-plus hours of football to watch. And then there's two Saturday games. Uh, week 15, the Jets are playing in Dallas, and Week 16, Washington at Philly, which I think was a like Saturday night matchup last year. I don't quite remember, though. Could have been. All right, so the last time we talked about fantasy football, Dave broke down the AFC East for us. It was, um, you know, appropriate, seeing as the Patriots won. That looks like a really good division. Another division that looks really good is going to be the NFC West. Super Bowl losing Seahawks, who were, the, of course, the champions the year before. Uh, they are still in a great position to make a deep playoff run, I think. So this year they have signed Marshawn Lynch to a two-year contract extension, and they traded for Jimmy Graham. Uh, They lost lost Max Unger in the process and their first-round pick in 2015. However, you know they have a very young team. They have a lot of talent. Maybe are a little weak at wide receiver, but I I don't really mind that. Dave, do you think that Marshawn Lynch and Jimmy Graham both get drafted in the first round of a standard draft this year? So a lot of people are a little bit lower on Jimmy Graham this year just because of the uh, the amount of times that Russell Wilson throws the ball uh, in past. Uh, but he hasn't really had a, a go-to receiver like that, especially not a red zone threat with Jermaine Curse uh, and uh, who are some of the other guys? Uh, Doug Baldwin. Yeah, Doug Baldwin. And uh, who was the guy who you uh, picked up in the fan and the playoff thing. my my point exactly yeah so Paul Richardson if you can't remember their names they're they're not really fantasy relevant outside of the fact that they are the top three wide receivers for the Seattle Seahawks 
Uh, in this case, it's going to be the other guys and Jimmy Graham. Because Jimmy Graham is obviously the big receiving threat. And they've also got Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson, who are all threats. So they really are doing a pretty good job, I feel like, uh, in this offseason to try and, uh, and go again for another Super Bowl at least uh, to have a good playoff run. That's going to happen unless they get some injuries on their team. So I think that Jimmy Graham will go in the second round. I think that Gronkowski will be ahead of him this year. And I think a lot of people will be more interested in uh, the running backs and wide receivers that are tops. So I do think Jimmy Graham will fall to the second. Uh, I don't necessarily think that he's going to lose a whole lot of uh, production, but we'll see. Uh, the the reason I say that is because there really isn't anyone else that there is to pass to for the red zone. So there's right. no reason to think that his touchdowns will go down. It, obviously, the Seahawks don't throw as much as the Saints did, but that's not necessarily... It's hard for a team to throw that much. And it's not necessarily a problem either, because if he's there and open, as long as he's getting you know uh, an averaging around a touchdown per game, then he's still fantasy gold. As long as he can keep the defensive back away from... From intercepting the ball on the goal line, that's all they really care about. But when someone jumps teams like that, then there's there's a little bit of room for them to grow, to learn the playbook, etc. And I'm sure that the Saints had a lot of plays that were designed specifically for Jimmy Graham over the past couple of years. I think Seattle will do the same thing, but it's going to take a little while for them to uh, get, you know, uh, associated. Uh, what's the word? Uh, Comfortable with each other. Yeah. I think that Jimmy Graham is probably going to have a spectacular offseason with them. Like all their OTAs and their preseason are probably going to work really well because um, they're not necessarily in an intense game situation where Russell is going to be breaking down the play and running a lot. Uh, Once they get into the season, I think that they're going to struggle just a little bit to start. But I think it's going to be, you know, the Jimmy Graham that we all know. You know, certainly by week four or five. So I would say Jimmy Graham may wind up getting a little bit pumped up towards the end of the preseason, right when like the last drafts are happening. Uh, but early on in the year, when he's going like late second round, maybe like you're saying, I think that that's pretty good value for him, especially because there's no good tight ends out there. So I, I like Jimmy Graham this year. I like that move for Seattle a whole lot. They got rid of a first-round pick, but I, that's really, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with that. They were picking at the end of the first round anyways. So it's not like they were uh, you know, going to get a huge prospect. Uh, so any other notes for, C, for the Seahawks, Dave? Not for me. You're the expert. I totally am the expert. I say that with no sarcasm in my voice. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson and Beast Mode and the Legion of Boom are going to win them 10 games right off the bat. So they they lose a center, um, and I I don't believe they have Zach Miller anymore. And Zach Miller was... uh, was okay, but who the guy who was really doing it for him in the tight end position was uh, Luke Wilson. Luke, and he'll still be there. And there's a chance that they, maybe they set them out in two tight end sets because they can both catch the ball, and they're among the best uh, red zone threats and pass catchers on the team. Uh, as you know, we talked about it a little bit ago. There really aren't any wide receiving threats on that team. Um, you've got a, a good average receiver in Doug Baldwin and some of the other guys like like Curse um, is outside threats they are not approaching the best in the league so no. so they, they may very well 
focus on maybe drafting a new receiver uh, to get some kind of deep threat or outside threat on the on the side. If they get one of those guys, could be pretty good for them. But because this year's draft is is pretty like running back and wide receiver heavy, at least for the first 10 or 15 picks, I mm-hmm. don't think that there's going to be, I'll say first round, I don't think there's going to be very many um, there's guys. There's going to be a whole lot that fall to them. Guys available, yeah. Because, yeah, they don't have a first round pick. I don't see them trading up to go back into the first round to try and go after one of those guys. So, you know, their project is going to be to take six different guys and try and develop one of them into, you know, the someone that they need, someone that they're going to, you know, not be able to be without. Yeah, now what's interesting is is this ever-evolving running back situation. They have Robert Turbin, Christine Michael, Marshawn Lynch. Last year, it wasn't certain that Lynch was going to be re-signed and kept on the Seahawks. Regardless of uh, the, any fallings out that have happened for the team it, itself, or with the coach or or anything else, Marshawn Lynch is still one of the better running backs in the football league. So I guess they don't really have a choice. If they want to go for another Super Bowl, then they're going to have to just run him out. And I think he's only 28 years old, so he's not super old. However, if, if this happens again this year, the same thing that happened last year, I don't know that they're going to keep him on the squad. Yeah. Um, he's had back spasm problems. He's had other uh, physical problems. He's actually going to be 29 tomorrow. Okay. Happy birthday, Marshawn. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Lynch. We should send him some Skittles. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that it was a great decision to re-sign him. You'd be silly not to, especially with all of that depth at the position. And we'll see what happens from here. But for anyone who has Turbin or Michael or was waiting for uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch to leave... I don't think that we're going to see any of that this year unless there's an injury issue. All right. Uh, so moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. They signed Mike Ayupati from the 49ers, who's really good guard. It, it was a five-year deal for them, so they understand that he's going to be like one of the anchors of their offensive line. And they need it. They need to keep their quarterback upright. They need their running game to pick up more. They had a very good defense last year. They made the playoffs. Um, you know, I think that the Cardinals are a few pieces away from being a team that can make it deep into the playoffs, into the Super Bowl, but I don't think that they were able to add any of those necessary pieces this year. So they also signed Lamar Woodley. They He was a veteran linebacker who was on the Raiders last year. I think he was on the Steelers for a little while. Is that right? Like in his prime, Lamar Woodley. I believe so. So they got rid of Jonathan Dwyer, which was a no-duh. Rob Hausler, who cares? Uh, Antonio Cromartie went back to the Jets. That's going to hurt their backfield for sure. But they still have Patrick Peterson, one of the best corners in the league, so they can rely on him a lot. Larry Foote retired. He was a veteran linebacker. They also lost Ted Ginn Jr. They lost Darnell Dockett, uh, who they had to basically just release uh, due to cap problems. So the way that I see the Cardinals right now is that they need a quarterback really badly. They're they didn't re-sign Ryan Lindley, so obviously they don't really have any future at running at quarterback right now. They're relying on Carson Palmer to sort of win them a Super Bowl in the next like two years is what their window is right now. So I don't really have a whole lot of faith in it. Although they kept Larry Fitzgerald, he's going to have a better year than last year, and he's going to have good value in the draft. Whether or not he's actually going to be worth starting every week is probably a different story, but you know I see him going really late in the draft as someone's 
backup wide receiver. And, you know, he can probably at least be worth WR three numbers as long as Carson Palmer stays healthy this year. All right. So at running back, they're going to stick with Andre Ellington, Stephon Taylor, and uh, they're going to trust Kerwin Williams, apparently. So I think in training camp, we're going to see who's actually going to be the starter. I wouldn't name any of these guys starters right off the bat. I don't really think, you know, that's the sort of thing we need to worry about at this second. Well, Ellington will play and get carries. The problem is that they've found out so far in playing him and trying him as a starter for an every down back that he's not going to be the guy that they need someone that's a bruiser, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, they've tried out a couple guys uh, in the past and they really haven't decided on anyone yet. Kerwin Williams, perhaps. Um, they may be looking at someone in the draft. There, there are going to be some people that are available there, but they don't have a great spot necessarily. Um, and there was talk of perhaps Adrian Peterson being traded to Arizona, which of course is completely dependent on what Arizona would be willing to trade. Because it right. sounds like uh, the cards are falling in such a way that for AP, and a lot of this is blowing smoke, you know, but but for AP to be traded off of the Vikings, they would they would want to have someone carry his contract as well as uh, a first round pick and perhaps more. Yeah, that's probably the steepest asking price for any player that I've seen in recent history. Yeah, well, you know, he's one of the best players in recent history. That's very true. It's not out of the question that one of these teams, um, you know, probably one that's that's in this division. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Uh, but the Cardinals may be someone that that are in the hunt for Adrian Peterson, and and we'll see what happens there. I'm sure that they're definitely looking for him and seeing what they can trade to get him. But I kind of don't think that the Vikings are going to get rid of him. I think the Vikings are going to want to stick with him because well, we read a lot of news. Adrian freaking Peterson. But if AP is not if AP is not uh, interested in, in playing with the team, I mean, he can just sit on the bench and get money. Sure. Well, sort of. He doesn't have to try. Yes, right. He doesn't have to try. You don't want someone on your team like that. No. But he did go to the voluntary workouts, right? He needs to show something, right? Right. Especially if he wants them to work with him. He's got to show everyone that he's still in shape, at least. Well, we know that. Like, there have been so many reports about AP just completely going nuts in the offseason and looking like a ridiculous uh, uh, specimen of, of athleticism. So, I mean, you know that. Every single year, it's the same thing. Guy, like, spends time in hyperbolic chambers, works out uh, as much or more than any athlete in the NFL. He's just kind of a beast. Um, and if it were me, you know, I love Marshawn Lynch, for example, but I would take AP any day, any time over Marshawn Lynch if you're talking about, like, a skills contest because he's just unworldly. Yeah, he's, like, a graceful Marshawn Lynch. Otherworldly, that is. <laughs> Both. Uh, so the Cardinals, I look for them to be pretty good. Their defense is still going to be very strong this year. I don't see like a slew of fantasy options, probably less even than the Seahawks, which is unfortunate. There may be a couple of sleepers there, but aside from Larry Fitzgerald, I don't really see anybody being like a weekly starter aside, unless, nah, I have to rephrase it. Their starting running back is going to be a weekly starter. Because they're going to be winning, you know, on a regular basis, I'm sure. Uh, but other than that, Larry Fitzgerald's got to be the only guy on that team who's going to be worth starting on a week-to-week basis. Uh, Michael Floyd was kind of a disappointment last year. Uh, and it's really going to all depend on the quarterback there. So if Carson Palmer is healthy 
and you know working well with the team then there could be several more options so 49ers 49ers have done a lot of work so far they signed uh, Torrey Smith they signed Reggie Bush they signed Darnold Dockett off of Arizona they signed Jerome Simpson off of Minnesota and they have Jim Tom Sula as their coach which means that they got rid of Jim Harbaugh the crazy man um so what they lost was Frank Gore, who went to Indy. Uh, Patrick Willis and Chris Borland both wound up retiring because they are both just kind of worried about their health and future injuries. They don't want to destroy their body by playing football. Patrick Willis is 30 years old. He's played linebacker in the league. He's been a pro bowler. That's a huge loss for the 49ers because he's basically one of the leaders on their defense. Chris Borland was a rookie last year who was very good, um, but... This was almost much more surprising. He also retired this year. That is, uh, you know, a huge hit because it's a lost recent draft pick. Uh, those guys are so valuable to the team because they're very good players and they cost very little to the cap when they're rookies. So uh, that's a huge loss for the 49ers. Um, they also lost Jim Harbaugh, which is probably going to help them in the long run. Uh, they lost Mike Ayupati, who is in um, who's in Arizona now. So they kind of switched a couple, swapped a couple players. Why does everybody hate Jim Harbaugh? I just think he's a crazy person, and I don't think that he's the right guy to be coaching an NFL team. <laughs> well, I mean, he brought them uh, to the brink several times. So it's kind of like uh, like Tom Thibodeau in the NBA. Like you could get almost there, but not actually right. Get there. Tom Thibodeau is probably not actually as good of a coach as everyone thinks he is. Well, see, I don't know about that. I mean, it's a situational thing, though. I get it. Sure. So maybe if, in a different situation, Jim Harbaugh can excel. Like I can it, see that. Like, like in, in Michigan. Michigan. Sure. That's what you're saying. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, he did well when he was in college. Okay. You know, some guys just do better in college. Then again. Some guys are finally able to make the transition, but it put, took Pete Carroll like one or two tries to actually do it. Sure. Uh, so they uh, they lost Ayupati, they lost Michael Crabtree, and they cut Stevie Johnson. So the 49ers are going to look a lot different this year than they looked last year. Carlos Hyde is going to be their starting running back. Reggie Bush is going to be backing him up. They're going to have Torrey Smith and uh, Anquan Bolden on either end. They still have uh, what's-his-face at tight end, right? Uh, Vernon Davis, mm-hmm. who, you know, can be very good, but seems to be another one of those, like, uh, feast or famine players where he's either going to score two touchdowns and 100 yards or he's going to have one catch for 10 yards. Yeah, I, I actually like Reggie Bush a lot on the 49ers. I think Carlos Hyde will go higher than he should in the draft because there's already been a lot of hype with him, and it's one of those things where he's sort of thrust into the limelight. Um, and I don't think that he's going to get Frank Gore carries, you know what I mean? Agreed. It's going to be more of a split because that's what teams are doing nowadays, especially if you have a guy like Bush that you can use. But you're right, it's a totally different team and and, uh, you have a different coach and there's going to be different plays. We have different players. So it's difficult to predict what's going to happen here other than the fact that we're still going to have uh, Kaepernick being a really athletic uh, quarterback running with the ball, uh, having some planned plays specifically for him, and probably being a little bit better with Torrey Smith as an outside threat and getting rid of Michael Crabtree, who never really worked out. Yeah. Uh, so I see lots of fantasy potential on this team next year. Oof. I think that, I mean, it's a different team. 
Okay, it's a different system. I see lots of potential. I want to, you know, clarify that. I'm not saying that it's going to be there for sure. 49ers are rough for fantasy potential generally in the past couple of years. It's it's one of those things like the Patriots running back situation. That's true. It's, uh, you know, you pick Torrey Smith, you probably Anquan Bolden will get all the catches. If, if That's you, what happened to me last year with Torrey Smith. If you pick, It's not going to be much worse. Well, if you have Torrey Smith on your team, this is the issue you're going to have to deal with. <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be another guy, right? And you have a possession receiver. If it's not Steve Smith, then it's Anquan Bolden. See, Joe Flacco is really good at throwing to the right guy and throwing to the open guy. I think that it's a pretty good chance that Colin Kaepernick is going to get settled into throwing with one guy. And it, that's going to work out really well for some games. And some games, they're going to be able to take him away. Well, best of luck. They have Davis, Bolden, uh, Reggie Bush, and Torrey Smith. So there's four targets right there that are going to be getting passes. Yeah. In in a, you know... A, Reggie Bush might be Colin Kaepernick's new best friend. In an offense where they're not throwing a whole ton of passes. So I, I'm just... Temper your expectations We here. don't know that. They might end up being more of a pass-happy team. Well, you have to schedule plays for Kaepernick because he's that kind of quarterback. Otherwise, you might as well just get rid of him and put someone else in there. Right. He and he seems to default to running, whereas like Russell Wilson seems to default to throwing. Well, Wilson. I mean, the difference between Wilson and Kaepernick is that Wilson runs in like he runs around to extend the play, but still keeps his eyes downfield to pass to someone. Right. And Kaepernick, when he gets into run mode, just runs. So he's either throwing, uh, admittedly pretty like laser, you know, focused throws. Some of which don't he work has out. A, he has an arm cannon. But yeah, it's a very, it's a very fast, powerful throw. Or he's running, and they're designed plays. But I think Russell Wilson doesn't have a lot of those plays. They just has plays where he will do his own thing, but he'll still look and get to the open guy. I know that Kaepernick and a lot of those other quarterbacks that try to do those kinds of things aren't very successful at it. So we'll see what they do. You're right. Um, and I do think Torrey Smith will be okay there. But coming from a year where he should have been top of his game and he wasn't, uh, in, a, in a team where he was the guy on the outside, going to another team where they're going to probably throw a little bit less and they have a lot of different options and their management got shook up, it's uh, difficult for me to to be a champion for him. I could see that. I see. I guess what I'm saying is I'm hoping that you know, they made the right choice with their new coach and that he can – you see a lot of times that a new coach will be able to inject some life into a team that's been having issues, and that's sort of what seemed to happen at the end of last year was that nobody was getting along with each other. That kept being the reports out of the locker room, stuff like that. So if they can – if he can just get everyone to be on the same page and work together, that's going to improve them from last year, whether or not that lasts for several years, you know, is – up to the coach, mostly. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see more fantasy options on the 49ers when you compare them to the Cardinals. Well, the Cardinals got, you know, farther than the 49ers did in the league, but maybe that's because of their defense. Both teams, though, have unpredictable offenses and predictable defenses. Yes, definitely. All right, so move on to the Rams. Uh, Nick Foles is their new guy. That is their big addition. This this division is definitely you know all about the defense. It is, yeah. The Rams have a great defense as well. Maybe the best defensive line in the game. They signed Nick Fairley from the Lions, who played with Ndamukong Sue, who, you know, they both made each other look good. Uh, you know, you got to have those, like, 
pairs of dominant players on offensive lines and defensive lines in order to really uh, take over a game, which is something that they were able to do with the Lions. And I think that that's something that the Rams have been able to do in the past and will continue to do. Uh, so they added Akeem Ayers from the Patriots. He was uh, a linebacker. He is a linebacker. So they have a really good defense, just like last year. They have a young offense. It's, you know, they have, like, other than Kenny Britt, I suppose, who's an old man, probably. Um, so they signed Case Keenum as a backup quarterback, which has been very important in St. Louis the last couple of years. So we'll see uh, if Case Keenum gets any significant time this year. Uh, what they did was they got rid of Sam Bradford. They got rid of Sean Hill. Uh, I'm sure that nobody in St. Louis is going to really miss them. The Rams uh, have got to be sick for sick of Bradford. They s- traded him for Nick Foles, and then both teams traded draft picks as well. It's kind of hard to s- – I-, I don't know what the draft pick detail is, but um, you know which player was valued more in that trade? Was Nick Foles valued higher? And Bradford in that trade, do you think? I'm not sure what the trade was for. I know that, that both teams really didn't want their quarterbacks anymore, so that's why they swapped. Nick Foles certainly did well and proved himself, and he uh, and he is healthy. Sam Bradford is healthy now, but has been injured every year that he's played. Uh, so that's tough. I'm not sure. Uh, you mentioned Kenny Britt, and he's definitely uh, has a possibility of, of continuing to do well in this kind of offense, especially with a guy like Nick Foles that did throw it down the field uh, quite a bit when he was with the Eagles. And not to mention uh, Brian Quick, who was one of my sleepers several years ago, who's now the number one wide receiver for the Rams. So they, like you said, they have a, a young offense, and Trey Mason was pretty good last year, and he was a rookie. So we'll see how how he's able to step up. Obviously, Zach Stacy is someone who's fallen out of favor, considering that he's basically fallen from the number one running back to the number three, which is outlandish considering his first fantasy year. And Benny Cunningham is the one in between him. I mean, it's not like there's an up and comer who's supplanting him. He's just fallen from grace. Well, Trey Mason. Well, okay, Trey Mason is a starter, but you were saying it's crazy that he's the third guy, you know. It's because there's, it's because he's that bad. Yeah, he did very poorly. Um, and Fisher, I, I guess, expects Cunningham to be the third down back this season. So I don't know what's going on with Stacy exactly, but those of you who have him on your dynasty teams, for example, that is just a problem that you're going to have to deal with slowly and with much regret. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you're going to have, there's much regret to go around when you're a St. Louis Rams fan. Probably just the fact that you're a St. Louis Rams fan. Uh, so, you know, they're going to play the Steelers in week three. We may end up going to that game. That's going to be a really sweet game. I was looking at it already. Um, defense is usually stronger early in the season. So it's going to be strength versus strength. The, or, I'm sorry, the Steelers have a very strong defense or offense. And unfortunately for us, we're not going to get to see Le'Veon Bell play unless he can somehow get his uh, suspension reduced. Because it will be, it's currently three games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that would be game three. Um, anyways, really good defense versus really good offense. That'll be a fun game to watch. Um, I think that this team is going to be, the success of this team is all on the quarterback right now. It is going to be up to him to make the offense work. He is, unfortunately, probably the most talented guy on the offense, which isn't saying a whole lot. Nick so, Foles? Yeah, I mean... Well, I disagree. I think Trey Mason is good, and I think that, that Quick and Britt are stepping up. But 
Foles was really awesome on the Eagles for that one year where he did very well. The problem is, then Chip Kelly took him out of the offense. So is it is it the fact that, that Chip Kelly's offense was confusing people and that's why he was able to do as well as he was? Or is it just a case of kind of that sophomore slump, um, you know, not being able to go back up to what your potential was um, and he needed to go somewhere else or have more time behind someone else? I'm not sure. So do you like Nick Foles? I mean, I know that you did when he was playing and playing well, but it's hard not to like someone who's playing well. I mean, he threw seven touchdowns, and that's incredible. But it was against the Raiders, I think. So it's not like it was against one of the best defenses that you can find. Well, the important stat was that he didn't have any interceptions. Yes, and that shows to me that he can be a really good quarterback in this league. Maybe he wasn't very good at getting... Chip Kelly's system. You know, maybe it wasn't necessarily that Chip Kelly's system was confusing the hell out of people right away. It was that, you know, it was confusing the hell out of his team to start with. How long has Kelly been there now? Just one whole year or two whole years? I'm uh, not sure. I think Kelly was a, a was a first-time coach last year, if I have that right. Uh, he's held it since 2013. Okay, so he's been there for two years now. So, well, he was the coach of Nick Foles when Nick Foles did really well. Yes. Yes. So that, that was what I was checking on. Well, so so the idea is, uh, it, it's not it's not uh, Chip Kelly's fault. It's not something he was doing, uh, unless he completely changed things up to the point where people weren't able to comprehend the offense, which couldn't have been the case because everyone did fairly well regardless. Chip Kelly's whole thing is. We don't care who the quarterback is. It doesn't make a difference because we're just going to keep confusing the teams, running really fast yeah. offenses, doing you know triple splits. Uh, uh, they were ten and six both last year and the year before. And the year before, they're going to keep doing what they were doing. Now that Chip Kelly has power over personnel as well as being the head coach, I think that that's probably what prompted him to get rid of Nick Foles. You know, he maybe wanted to go in a different, younger direction. Didn't like that Nick Foles isn't as athletic as his system requires. A younger direction? Isn't he like 25 or something? No, I think Nick Foles is like 28, uh, 26. Okay. Well, he must have just been yeah, a rookie three years young. ago. Yeah. Yeah. He was drafted in uh, 2012. Well, what he was trying to do is get get rid of the players that cost money so he could spend money on defense and then just get a whole bunch of people in that he could throw around and do whatever he wanted to do offensively. Um, without talking too much about the Eagles, I, I don't think that Sam Bradford is a wonderful fit for his offense either. I mean, especially not if he's going to do the kind of uh, stuff that he did in college. No, I totally agree. that, that the, That's the part of it that I don't understand. Well, you don't know what his plan is. Obviously, oh, he has one. You're right. Um, and he was trying to prove a point a long time ago. Back when he was in college, he was talking to other college coaches about what he would do if he was in the NFL. And something he specifically said was that if he was in the NFL, he would spend all his money on defense and just have sort of a rotation of offensive people uh, and do well enough to win because that's what you needed was just a mixed-up offense and a really good defense. Well, he's got the crazy amount of quarterbacks now. He has Tim Tebow and uh, John, not Johnny Mantell. Uh, who are all the... Matt Barkley, Matt Bar- Sam Bradford. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it broken up. There's like one for every quarter now. And you play Tebow in the fourth. 
Well, it's not such a bad idea. He, <laughs> I mean, he was running like uh, like six yards per carry when he was with the Patriots. I mean, the, the guy is a very athletic guy, especially someone who you throw in there at the goal line to get touchdowns because he's very good at it. So regardless, I mean, if they end up keeping all these quarterbacks, they're going to use Tebow. And they're definitely... Uh, oh, they have Mark Sanchez, too. And Sanchez. So <laughs> they, they have a quarterback for a lot of different situations. They just don't have a great quarterback. That's true. And you know, Sam Bradford could have been a franchise quarterback if he didn't get injured every year. Yeah. I mean, he, he has all the the, the stats and, and, and uh, pedigrees that you would want. It's unfortunate. They don't really have the wide receiving core that they did before. Jordan Matthews is going to wind up being the best wide receiver on that well, team. Well, there's Matthews and there's Josh Huff. Uh, Josh Huff, said they said it was a step up this year. Uh, he was doing really well. And he's going to be more of the outside guy with Matthews occasionally stepping in and manning the slot. But then they've also got uh, Riley Cooper and, of course, uh, both Brent Selleck and Zach Ertz. Yeah. So they do have passing targets. I mean, if you look at a and guy... And, of course, they've got now DeMarco Murray and Darren Sproles. Both those guys catch And Ryan passes. Matthews. Oh, jeez. So all he, is insane. all he wants to do is get as many offensive weapons as possible and do everything. But Run. isn't he spending a lot of money on his offense with all those guys? Nope. He's actually spending less because he got rid of Macklin and got rid of McCoy. Uh, of McCoy. And so he's being very smart, in my opinion. What we're probably going to see, and a lot of people uh, that followed him closely in college think we're going to see, is this uh, this kind of offense where um, it, it could be basically two running backs, a wide receiver, or a tight end at any time. So you have like four major options every play. And it's going to be very difficult for uh, opposing defenses to get a handle on what he's doing because nobody knows how to read his plays already. If they keep getting faster and uh, and keep getting more complicated, yeah. I mean, as long as the team can catch on, there's going to be plays that are going to be pretty wowing, I think, uh, this year. I guess it's all up to Kelly and how good of a teacher he can be in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, but he's taking these guys that are uh, that are from other teams that weren't getting the play time, that weren't getting the things that they wanted, uh, and, he's, and then he's raising up rookies and people that were being discarded, and he's he's basically just championing all of them, championing and 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 saying we can do this, we're going to be fantastic, and it's all going to be on the shoulders of this defense. Which, by the way, I, I don't know why we're talking about the Eagles so much, but. The, They're an interesting team. The Eagles have also built up their defense massively in this offseason and spent a lot of money on it. They have Kiko Alonso. So I am worried about them, and I'm glad that my team isn't in their division. <laughs> yeah, they have been 10-6 and six each year, and they've got better this year. That's what I think, yeah. yeah. But uh, going back to the Rams, so... So I, I don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback situation, but I don't think that they have the ability to draft a starting quarterback, and they're not going to trade up for that, I don't think. So basically, again, they've got a good defense, and they're just going to have to build with the young receivers, the young running back, and the young quarterback. So yeah. it's just going to be the same it has been for the past couple of years for them. It's going to be slow going offensively, but they're going to win some games on the defense. Yeah, and their defense got better. I mean, I don't know that they can win many more games be- just because of their defense. Uh, but they should be a better team this year. And that's one of the things I like to see is that uh, in a division like this, that's kind of a power division. Even the teams that were the worst teams last year, I think got uh, did a lot of things to help them get better. Whether or not that's going to translate into actual production it always remains to be seen. Uh, 
But the you know all that being said, I still think that the Seahawks are going to win this division. How can someone? I mean, that is the best defense. We're talking about all these teams have good defenses. The Seahawks have the best one. Yeah, I think the Cardinals might have a better defense than the Seahawks. The Seahawks have a better offense. Um, the Seahawks definitely have a better offense. However, they have the best offense in the division. They have the best defensive backs. And yes. If it's a passing league, then that's what matters. Um, it's not really a passing division, though. Plenty of good running backs in this division. Well, you, ground games. I mean, you just talked about how Andre Ellington and Trey Mason and them weren't like incredibly good running backs. Yeah, but I guess they're better than the wide receivers on their team. Well, if you look at if you look at how much these teams are passing, uh, you do have Although, yeah, Bruce Carson Arians Palmer on Arizona, and he spreads the ball around. So what you're seeing, I guess, is not that their wide receivers are are not good, but just that they're not getting the you know eight nine targets a game that they need to be fantasy relevant. Right, um, and. I, I don't know. Like I, I think that we'll continue to see uh, the receivers there do pretty well because of Bruce Arians, for example. And you talked a little bit about um, you know the guy playing opposite Larry Fitzgerald, who everyone was really Michael high Floyd. on. Floyd, everyone was high on last year and then didn't actually pan out very well. well. Who was the other guy who started taking his place? Was it John Brown? Yeah, I think so. But but that's why you're seeing all these guys have have alternately good games, etc. Because it's being passed around a whole bunch. But I don't see any reason why you know John Brown and uh, John Brown and Jerron Brown numbers twelve and thirteen because they hate all of us. Jay Brown and Jay Brown. Yeah, uh, I don't see any reason why Michael Floyd can't be productive. He's still a young player, and so you know we'll see. Last year, you remember Larry Fitzgerald had a couple games where he only had like one catch, and there was a lot to be said about that. Uh, Arian said that he wanted to use him still, but it seemed like during the season that he was just using him as a decoy and not as an actual target. So I don't know what's to be said about that situation other than they're probably going to make the playoffs again because they have one of the best defenses in football. Uh, maybe we're starting to see a shift more towards the defense again. Uh, for the past five or six years, it's been all offense all the time. Now you have teams like the Saints, who were a completely offensive team, who just fired all of their players. And lost their general manager. Not their general manager, but like lost a bunch of personnel to the Bears. Well, that, and you've got Drew Brees, who's nearing the end of his career, and you've got uh, you know major players like Jimmy Graham, who aren't going to be there anymore. Um, so, so you're seeing that happen. We'll, we'll see what impact that has. But there is um, there is some interesting things going on in this division for sure. The 49ers are a different team. I don't necessarily share your opinion that they'll be a better team. They're just mm-hmm. a different one. Right. Um, losing okay. Frank Gore is going to be a big deal. Well, they for weren't. Them. They didn't wind up being a great team last season. That's well, for sure. They did the same thing three years in a row, and they did well the first two, and not the last one. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals and the Rams are both sort of younger teams on offense with the exception of, uh, of the Arizona quarterback (laughs) who's like 50 and the wide receiver. Well, Fitzgerald isn't doing anything. So yeah, I mean, like he was drafted in Oh four. He's getting old. Yeah. Uh, and the Seahawks have a young offense with the exception of, Marshawn Lynch, although, like we said, he's only going to be 29 tomorrow, so it's still a pretty young offense in general. 
I I don't see anyone who can beat Seattle either. So I agree with you. Um, but I I think that the Rams it's not going to be time for them yet. So they'll probably end up in uh, in third or fourth in this division. It's too bad for them, but maybe Nick Foles is the quarterback of the future. Who yeah, knows? I don't see the Rams getting past the Cardinals. But if the 49ers don't pan out and they're another you know mediocre team of this year, I definitely see the Rams finishing third at least, doing better than the Niners. Well, I mean, if, if, if they don't pan out, I... I of course, they're not going to pan out. They're not going to be like amazing all of a sudden. I, I, don't, teams I don't know what that means. Does, does not pan out mean under five hundred? Is that what that means? Yeah, I mean, if they're what were the 49ers last year? Uh, let's see. Because I don't think they're going to suddenly be better. the The reorg does not usually work the first year. Uh, well, let's see. Last year they were eight and eight. So I and think, it was a disappointing eight and eight. Yeah, but so that's because that of they, the last two years, though, or the know, last three years. It, if they struggle early, then they're going to be struggling to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, the 49ers also lost a bunch of really important people on their line. Uh, yeah, just, and they lost a bunch of defenders, too. So maybe you're right. I mean, uh, I hate to turn your opinion around. You were just talking about them doing really well, but I, I could see I them. I think they could. I could see them losing the division. Yeah, they could also lose the division. So I'm going to just cover my ground on both sides there. Well, I have to go with a better offense. So I think, personally, the 49ers will beat out the Rams just because they have Kaepernick and Torrey Smith and Vernon Davis. Yeah, that's what I mostly Carlos see. Carlos Hyde and Reggie Bush. Lots of offensive acquisitions. They play the Rams. The Rams could play them really well defensively, but they would still be able to win that game. Yeah. But I guess we'll the see. Problem, the only problem with the Niners is that they have to play the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals twice. All those teams twice. That's six of their games. Yeah, they're going to lose at least three or four of those. Yeah. Probably five or six. They could definitely get swept by the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Wow. Well, that's that's. They have no like awesome home field advantage like those other two teams. Well, what we're saying is the 49ers are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And neither are the Rams. Mm, so yeah. so good, good luck <laughs> to those teams. They're going to have to. Good luck to. to the Cardinals and the Seahawks who will make the playoffs again. Yeah, probably. At least, Maybe the Cardinals. At least the Hawks. Uh, Cardinals will be uh, wild card contention at least. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how about other things happening in the news? All right. Well, Johnny Manziel apparently is still in the plan. Who's, for... who's Cleveland's current quarterback? Cleveland's current quarterback is... Josh McCown. Oh, that's right. And so, of course, he's I in the plan. I knew that was a trick question. Because, because they don't have anybody. Right. So I mean, when you when you trade for Josh McCown, then you're in serious serious trouble. Johnny Manziel could still be something interesting in the NFL, and he might be someone better than Josh McCown. Yeah, he may have gotten his shit together. Uh, that's what it seems like he was trying to do, anyways, in the off season. So um, it's going to be an interesting thing to see the quarterback. A battle because it, it definitely could be a battle in training camp in preseason. I don't think they're just going to hand it to Josh McCown. No, but there's another team that doesn't really have any any wide receivers because they got rid of. Uh, uh, well, I suppose they they are getting rid of Josh Gordon, or at least that's what the news is, right? 
Yeah, it sounds like they're going to because he's going to be suspended for most of the year, right? Who was one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in football for a year, yeah. and now may never play again. Can't stop getting busted with like the smallest quantities of everything possible. So, so who do they have on their team? They lost Jordan Cameron because he went to the Dolphins. They have Chris Obanaya. I like Chris Obanaya. <laughs> Silent G. They have Josh Cribbs. Do they still have Josh Cribbs? I don't know. All right, I'll pull up their depth chart. <laughs> Let's see what sort of terrors a returner? lurk behind this. Not Cincinnati. The Browns have been terrible. They, the Browns right. wish they had Cincinnati. They got Dwayne Bowe and Dwayne Brian Bowe. Hartline. Oh, they have Gabriel Taylor and Andrew Hawkins from last year. Brian Hartline. Yeah, they got like I forgot the runner-ups and <laughs> the wide receiver free agent pool. You know, I still like Dwayne Bowe, and I feel like he was kind of in a weird situation in Kansas City perhaps, but I don't think that he's going to suddenly be amazing. Do you think it's possible that Dwayne Bowe brings the no wide receiver touchdown jinx from Kansas City to Cleveland, and Cleveland doesn't catch any touchdowns for wide receivers this year. What? You know how last year Kansas City didn't wide receivers had zero touchdowns. There were no wide receivers that had touchdowns. There were no wide receiving, no passing touchdowns to wide receivers. Are you sure about that? Yes. What? That's because they have Jamal Charles on their team, and they had Alex Smith. Well, they they threw all of the passes to uh, Dwayne Bow got tackled on like the one a couple times. They threw like, all the passes like, to Travis Kelsey and Jamal Charles, right? Yeah, they like bounced into Travis Kelsey's hand for no reason and stuff like that. Travis Kelsey and uh, was it? I forget who the other guy. Well, he's a tight end. He's a, he's a really athletic right, big right, right. tight end who'll probably have a bigger role. But I guess I guess you're right. Uh, that's interesting. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I do like Andrew Hawkins and Brian Hartline. I do like Dwayne Bowe, though I'll never draft him in a, in a league. Um, I think Brian Hartline could be pretty good, actually, as sort of this possession receiver guy. He was he was always good on the Dolphins, even when they weren't good, uh, as far as an offensive line and a young quarterback. So I could see that. I, I, the tight end situation there is very is very bad, though. They don't really have anybody. So who's the quarterback, right? Josh McCown, Johnny Manziel, Thad Lewis, the guy who came from Buffalo. Yeah, Sean O'Connor. Listen, I'm happy. Connor Shaw. I'm happy to see the Browns do poorly because I'm a Steelers fan, and they're going to be terrible. Look, when I look at this, I say it's going to be Josh McCown on opening day. They're going to be terrible this year. Yeah. Well, they might as well just go ahead with Johnny Manziel because it's not like Josh McCown will be their quarterback of the future. All right, well, let's drink to Johnny Manziel and stop talking about the awful Browns. Well, <laughs> I know I brought it up. He's still in the plan. From one awful quarterback to the other. Well, we did mention this already, so we don't really need to get into it. But Tebow got signed by the Eagles. I think we talked about this a little earlier. I, I think if he remains on the team, if he makes it through, then he will get playing time and he will get goal line carries and it's he will gonna be, be used. Yeah, there's going to be crazy rotations there this year. And I don't think that's a bad decision. I want to watch it. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I will probably try and avoid most of their fantasy players this year and laugh at other people's you know tears when they're super frustrated with the Eagles. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, do. like, I think that, uh, yeah. But it, it'd be silly to think that DeMarco Murray is not going to get be, work. It could be like a Broncos situation. I know. But I don't know that I want to draft DeMarco Murray as high as he's going to go. He was the best running back last year. He's going to be on top of all the default lists, anyways. I don't know that he's going to be that high up in the, in the rankings. I mean, when players, uh, perhaps we'll see. 
Yeah, I don't know that I want him in the first round this year. And but I, they have I'm three. Certain he'll be a first round. They have three good running backs. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, I I would be. It might be Ryan Matthews that you want to try and draft later on. I would be afraid to almost not pick someone on this team because they they're going to go to all of them. <laughs> they are. It could be a situation where, like the Broncos a couple years ago, you had to own everyone because everyone was putting up numbers. I mean, the Eagles have shown us nothing but love as far as fantasy is concerned, to be honest. Well, I'm not, there's definitely going to be guys there, but I think it's going to be frustrating trying to because they're going to incorporate more and more random guys, and so you agree it's going to be me. hard that's, to keep up with it. That's what the offense is going to be like, just kind of crazy back and forth. I guess it, it, we'll see if they can do it enough because I think one of the great strengths that, he, that Kelly might have had in college was that he could – be smarter than all the other teams and just scheme in a way that the teams couldn't possibly plan enough for Well, that is what happened. That's not going to happen in the NFL. I think it will. I think it already is. He can't outwork and out-scheme another team all the time. Who was his quarterback the first year that he played in the NFL? Who? Kelly? Nick Foles. Right. Who was his quarterback the second year he played in the NFL for most seasons? How was he 10-6 and two years in a row with terrible quarterbacks? I'm just saying, like, the NFL isn't the kind of league where you can just outwork and out-scheme everyone forever. Bill Belichick does it every year. And Bill Belichick... Not every year. Bill Belichick... Only four times. Bill Belichick Most went years. to Chip Kelly for advice while he was on the Patriots over the past six or seven years. Well, Bill... Be- Look, he would we go know to, that Chip Kelly is going to be at least 10, 10 and 6. Again. He would go to Oregon and ask uh, Chip Kelly for his advice on what he should do in the NFL. That's funny because uh, Chip Kelly's answer to that should have been, I'll tell you about it when I'm retired. <laughs> I, the point is, I think those two guys are some of the smartest guys in the entire league. Did you league. see the RG3 Tom Brady uh, storyline today? No. RG3, uh, when RG, the Redskins and the Patriots are practicing in the same place. They're doing joint practices right now. Mm-hmm. And RG3 went up to Brady and asked him some advice and was asking him questions. And Brady basically told him, I'm not going to tell you anything until I'm retired. I'm not going to help you. Well, that makes sense for Tom Brady. But, you know, a guy like Chip Kelly, he, he gets his juice from uh, from being known by the other people. Right. That was a huge deal for him, for sure. And and I think that, you know, they're kind of cut from the same cloth, those guys. They're just going to sort of, they're the ones that either revolutionize or destroy themselves uh, every single year. And whatever he's doing, it's great because it makes people talk and it makes people crazy. And I love that kind of stuff. I love when you take these guys that are Pro Bowl, like amazing uh, athletes, and you don't re-sign them or you trade them or whatever. I love that. It's fantastic. Because I kind of agree with Chip Kelly if I think he's doing what I, what I think he is, which is that you don't need these huge names all the time. You need a lot of average to good players right and you need good schemes and you need to change it up a lot that's what bill belichick has proved you need like two maybe three names mm-hmm. and that'd be vince wilfork tom brady and rob gronkowski and then you can just fill in the blank around them yeah the difference between those two is that belichick has had brady uh yes. and and uh chip kelly wants to build up the defense and and just confuse people Chip Kelly needs his own Brady, and then he can win. I don't think he does. His whole point is that he doesn't need a quarterback. But if he had a quarterback that could do all of it for him for all four quarters, don't you think that that would be better? I I think someone he, who could run the offense I honestly, in the right way. I honestly all the time. think that he specifically does not want that. Interesting. 
because he wants to run things the way he wants to run it and doesn't want to then, have a guy Not like that, that this is a bad thing, but that seems so counter what I know about football that I'd just be really interested to see how it can be successful. It's already been successful. It has been, <laughs> but he's stuck with one guy. This seriously looks like he's going to rotate quarterbacks throughout the game. Or if not throughout the game, maybe you know every couple games throw in a different guy. That seems even weirder. <laughs> like I get like if you just decide like I'm putting Tebow in at the end of the game, I'm gonna have Sam Bradford start it out. You know, I I always thought that that would be a great idea. I always thought that that'd be so interesting and like so like stymie the other teams. The Cowboys tried doing that with Roger Staubach, and I don't know who the other guy was. And it just it, it didn't work for them. They they were successful, but they couldn't win like the biggest ga- the big games because they didn't have the consistency there. Well, maybe not. But but all he needs to do is put a couple points on the board because he's investing in a great defense. He already has good players. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like he got rid of two all stars and picked up like three of them. <laughs> uh, and, and granted, Darren Sproles is a little bit older now, but but guys like Ryan Matthews. And, uh, DeMarco um, and DeMarco Murray to fill in for LaShawn McCoy, I have no problem with that move. Right. All right, so moving on from the Eagles again. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about them a lot this year, I think. So Phillip Rivers might not play with the Chargers. Uh, I saw that LaDainian Tomlinson made that comment. I'm not. Ex- it wasn't just him, though. Right. Um, kind of surprising to me as I wasn't paying super close attention. Well, Rivers doesn't want to move to L.A., Okay. And he feels like the organization is just doing the same stuff and it's not getting any better. So he, He's not wrong. I'm not sure if he's going to retire or if he just wants to leave. Um, I, I mean, Philip Rivers has a bunch of money. He's uh, he's done good things with the organization. He's had great years. Um, I, I don't think that there's a place that he could go to specifically uh, right now where he could go and, and win a Super Bowl. Um, Maybe the Bears and the Chargers trade quarterbacks. Yeah, the Bears are not <laughs> in a position to win a Super Bowl. And oh, Phil- no, you're right. <laughs> and Phillip Rivers is not going to help them any. You know, I'm just saying jerk face for jerk face. No, you're right. I mean, they, we talked jerk about face West for jerk face Midwest. There was something about uh, Tennessee, perhaps, you know, trading the number two pick for Marcus Mariota f- to go to the Chargers and then uh, Phillip Rivers to go to Tennessee. But that doesn't make any sense either because Tennessee would only have him for a year or two. And Tennessee's whole point for the past couple of years has been trying to find their new franchise quarterback. So, it yeah, unless it, you brought in Phillip Rivers to try and like mentor the quarterback along if that was your plan i could see it but that would have to be specifically the plan no th- there's no reason not to draft a marcus mariota and instead right. take you wouldn't Phillip want philip rivers. rivers to uh, mentor marcus mariota you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to take philip rivers tank another year and then take whoever was available next year right and the the whispers are that you know tennessee is not going to draft a quarterback with their second pick nor will they trade it because it seems like they're, uh, you know, bringing up Zach Mettenberger for that position. Whether or not that's a good decision remains to be seen. However, uh, Tennessee has other needs that they need to address. Like the rest of their team isn't very good. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that. So, if Philip Rivers doesn't play for the Chargers, do you think he'll go somewhere else, or do you think he'll retire from the league? I could see him maybe playing in Oakland or something like that. Uh, maybe going to Arizona. Um, well, Arizona's got Palmer locked up as their quarterback this year. Yeah, but when Palmer gets hurt in the preseason, <laughs> <laughs> the, 
No, I mean, there are definitely locations for Philip Rivers to land if he wants to go there. If His big thing is just, I don't want to live in L.A. You know, does he just not want to live anywhere else? And then I could see him retiring. It seems to be the new thing to do lately is to retire a bit earlier than everyone uh, used to. Well, you know, they're making a lot of money, so. Yeah, he's making a lot of money. He has a lot of kids. He has a really big family. Maybe he is going to play either in San Diego or nowhere. Um, but if he is willing to play in a different city, there are plenty of cities that will have him. So your guy, Antonio Brown, who just got a contract extension last year or two years ago, uh, wants a new deal. And this seems like an well, you, issue. You remember he got Mike Wallace's contract extension. Right. And this is what happens with the Steelers a lot. So if someone doesn't want what the Steelers offer them, which the Steelers think is fair, and generally is fair because it's a lot of money, um, then they let that person go. And they pick someone else in their organization to instead reap those benefits. Which well, is they what, pick the right guy. Well, the Steelers because have, Antonio Brown is now one of the best wide receivers in the league. And the Steelers have been like supernaturally good with picking wide receivers over the last probably ten years. So I mean, they've got guys like uh, Santonio Holmes and Plaxico Burris that are winning Super Bowls, and then they discard them and they become nothing. And Mike Wallace. And Mike Wallace. Yeah. The point is, like, while they're on the squad, while they're in the things that they're doing, they, they always seem to do really well. But the moment they leave the organization, then they kind of drag. It's it's about the Steelers, I think, rather Could than the Could they put the, the curse on Antonio Brown? No, I if, think... If he drags his feet, is Martavis Bryant going to be the new golden child? Well, Martavis Bryant will be awesome, I feel like, this year. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think the Steelers are saying we don't want you. I mean, heck, they've signed him to a six-year deal for like $50 million. Right. So obviously they want him. Um, now, we talked about this a little bit. The Steelers only really give extensions to the quarterback. Really nobody else. Right. Uh, and they've already signed him for six years. If, if Antonio Brown wanted more money, then he should have signed a shorter deal he shouldn't have signed a six-year long-term contract. Yeah, and the Steelers and will come to him and they'll say, "Well, you have four years left on your contract." Yeah, why, well, three, I think. But why, why, AB, did you want to sign for six years for fifty million if you were just going to come back at us for another contract halfway through it? Yeah, and basically, the Steelers are probably going to plant their feet in the sand. Um, I don't think they'll even give him any more guaranteed money because they don't do that for anybody. Uh, so it it really makes no sense to me other than. Uh, him just kind of acting out a little bit. Uh, maybe his agent's been talking to him. But the, what does make sense is that he is, how old is he? Antonio Brown. I'm going to guess that he's 25. He's been there for like four years, right? So he's probably 26. He is born in 88. So uh, he'll be 27. 27. When the season starts. So he's been there for a while. He was young money back when Wallace was still on the squad. Um, him and uh, and Marcus Wheaton and now Martavis Bryant. Uh, anyway. Jeez. He was drafted in the sixth round, pick number 195. Well, this is what I'm saying. They, they have like lottery picks and like low picks that have turned out to be pro bowlers and, and really good players. So I don't know what they're doing over there, but they need to start focusing it towards the defense. And get some good defensive players instead of just all the receivers. That said, uh, what I was beginning to say about AB was that, um, that he's probably one of the top three or four receivers um, 
in the entire draft because of the fact that he has a massive amount of targets and uh, a great amount of touchdowns um, and gets a lot of yardage every every game. Uh, it's, he's still running that streak, isn't he, from like two years ago? Where every game he gets like... Five for 50. And that's not even that Pretty big sure of a deal for him. Up, yeah. He's almost up to like eight for 80 every game. <laughs> I'm sure there's stretches in there where it's like 100 yards every game. Yeah. So... The fact is, he's getting paid like a like a top fifteen receiver when he should be getting paid like a top five receiver, and that's that's too bad. I get it, but the Steelers are not a team that he wants usually. to be getting paid like that. Uh, the problem for him, as he sees it, is that three years from now he's thirty, right? And you know, it makes sense that he would want more money. We'll leave it at that. So Adrian Peterson has been fully reinstated to the league. He is officially a Minnesota Viking again. Uh, he was making comments earlier tonight regarding being excited to play on primetime, you know, referring to the Vikings. So, you know, as of right now, when we're talking on April 21st, 2015, Man, everybody blows smoke. Adrian Peterson is a Viking still. Well, he's always been a Viking. He has. They drafted him. He's, he's there to, he's their player to release. Right. Do you think that he gets released before the beginning of the season? I think if he doesn't want to play there, then it would just be a living hell for both of those people to try to get along. So if he really doesn't want to be there, I think that he'll be he'll be traded or something will happen. Um, I think it's in the Vikings' best interest to have him as their running back, and they can afford him. I don't think it's in Adrian Peterson's best interest to go to the Raiders, for example. But I'm sure AP wants to try and win a championship, and he can't really do that with his team as is right now, which means his only chances to win would be to go to a team like Arizona or Dallas. Yeah, I wonder if AP thinks, if he stuck around for like three years, if he could win. But I don't know if even he thinks he has three years left in him. I'm not sure. Because, you know, they do look like a promising young team. Teddy Bridgewater could be good. Yeah, in like four years. Okay, so then that's definitely long, too long for EP. Uh, maybe three years. I don't know, but then, but then he'll be, uh, he'll be what? He'll be like thirty-one, thirty-two, something like that. Uh, Isn't probably. He, is he twenty-nine? Adrian Peterson. Remember, one of those years he didn't play football, but actually, like two of those. No, wasn't his ACL injury like at the end of the season? I'm not sure. He he has. Uh, so he's born three twenty-one eighty-five. He is 30 years old. Yeah, so he can't last four years. He's not going to be Fred Jackson because he's being used more than Fred Jackson is. He's being used a lot more than Fred Jackson. So he's got, you know, two years. He's got uh, he's got some good uh, times left in him, and uh, he doesn't want to waste it on the Vikings. But suffice to say, I guess, if they're not going to release him and everyone has to make amends, it's better to be making $13 million a year or whatever and playing than it is to uh, to you know try to just retire or do something stupid. And his uh, uh, the, on the depth chart that I'm looking at for all these teams, it has everyone's scouting report back from when they were in college. So like you know, Larry Fitzgerald and Antonio Brown, but Adrian Peterson's has the best line: "Runs like he's his own blocker." <laughs> well, you can imagine how good he was in college, being that he's still that good in the NFL. Punishes tacklers, can't be arm tackled. <laughs> cannot be arm tackled. Oh man, doesn't go down easily. Um so, uh let's move on and talk about a cool few cool things from the schedule uh and just kind of get generally excited for the upcoming season, right? 
So week 16, which is championship week in almost every football league, is going to have a Christmas Eve game. It's the Thursday night game. It's San Diego at Oakland. That's um, a terrible game. It probably will be a terrible <laughs> game. But maybe Latavius Murray is running well at that time. Maybe Phillip Rivers is still playing well. Uh, so we'll see. I'm we'll going to save that sound clip. This is maybe Philip Rivers is playing well. Maybe Latavius Murray is running well. Mark it. It's at 101-10 of the podcast. I don't think either of those players will be playing well at that point of the year. In week 16. <laughs> None of them are on Christmas Eve. Be playing. Uh, so the Broncos will be playing on Monday night against the Bengals. Lots of fantasy players in that game. It's the Monday night game. A lot of games are going to be matched. Uh, a lot of championships are going to be decided sure. on that Monday night. Uh, lots of other good matchups that week because it's week 16. Pittsburgh plays Baltimore. Green Bay goes to Arizona. Indy plays Miami. I think we both think Miami is going to be a good team this year. Oh, yeah. Dallas at Buffalo. Buffalo is another really good, uh, potentially good team this year. Yeah, those are those are, those are are good. Uh, week one, usual Monday night doubleheader. Philly at Atlanta, and then Minnesota at San Francisco. Um, not a lot of really crazy matchups when you look at it. Pittsburgh versus New England, which we talked about earlier, um, is obviously the exception to that rule. But I think that we're going to get a lot of surprises in week one. We're going to see a few teams where uh, we're going to say, oh, that's exactly what I expected, or that's exactly what I hoped for, or that looks like garbage. Of course, especially when you're looking at teams like the 49ers where you don't know what to expect, or Buffalo where things have been tossed around. Um, And Miami, and the Jets especially. And the Jets, absolutely. So I'm anxious just to see how a lot of teams actually perform come week one. Uh, So week two, the first first Thursday night game, Denver at Kansas City. Remember two years ago when both teams were like 9-0 and we had to wait? really long into the season for them to finally play each other. This one's going to be right away. Uh, you get the Seahawks at the Packers on Sunday night. Those are fun rematches. That was the NFC Championship game last year. And, of course, the the catch from about four years ago now, five years ago. Um, the Patriots and the Bills are playing that weekend, and that's going to be the first huge test for the Bills, obviously, uh, when you play the defending champions and the bad boys of your division for the last 10 years. Um, I think that if the Bills can win that game, they're going to show that they're a good team. Maybe the Patriots have a Super Bowl hangover, but I doubt it. I don't think Belichick like allowed them to celebrate longer than 30 minutes after that. Uh, so week four, Ravens and Steelers. Dave, I know you love the Ravens and Steelers games. I think everyone in the league loves watching those games. Uh, that's going to be a Thursday night game. So it's a short week. But it's a short week for both teams. You know, one of the things that everyone brings up when they're talking about those things is short week. But, you know, the team they're playing is on a short week. So maybe it's harder to pick your fantasy players on those nights. But I don't know that it's necessarily a disadvantage for everyone involved. You know, just enjoy the fact that there's football on more than one night. You know, if we only had Sunday football, then the week would be, the rest of the week would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the Patriots have a week four bye. Week four byes always suck. Uh, that, I, that's way too early. I don't know why they do them in week four. I think they should just put them later on, like have more teams on bye each week and just have like 10 games in a week. Who cares? 10 games is still a lot of games. I don't know if they're like worried about making the gamblers mad that there's not going to be enough games to bet on. I like all the games. Well, I mean, they can't have 16 games every week. <laughs> Just the way it is. 
Uh, so week six, the Patriots and the Colts play on Sunday night. Uh, that's going to be, you know, kind of the – that was the AFC championship game, right? Colts and the Patriots. That's a really good matchup. I think that uh, the Colts, you know, uh, I was about to say Peyton Manning, but I mean to say Andrew Luck will finally be able to beat the Patriots. I mean, I don't know for sure. He's going to beat them eventually. Uh, hopefully it's this time around just because I like to see the underdog triumph over the Patriots. Uh, the Falcons at the Saints in what I think can be two really good teams next year. The Saints? I think the Saints can be good. Why would they be good? They lost Because they everything. have Drew Brees. They lost like everyone on their team. What would make you think that they would be better or, or than they were last year? And last year they were terrible. I don't know about... Well... I'm, I'm just wondering. I'm, okay, so last year they, they did very poorly. They had... A great opportunity to at least you know win their division, yeah. And they did nothing. They're going to run the ball more. They have CJ Spiller this year. That's you're right though. When like that's the only thing that they've added. Um, and they have Cameron Jordan, but not Jordan Cameron. It'd be much better if they had Jordan Cameron. Yeah, I I just don't see it. Uh, they have to totally restructure their team. I was I was looking at matches matchups to kind of pick up. I suppose I may have stretched on that one. Well, I hope that both teams are doing well. And the Falcons are terrible too. They just they have Julio Jones. That's the only bright spot Julio on their team. Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. It, Matt Ryan's a bright spot on their team. He's well above the Andy Dalton line. Look, basically both teams have uh, they have like a receiver or two and a quarterback, but that's it. There's not the defenses aren't great. The uh, that's what I love to watch in football. <laughs> So it's just going to be like the, uh, the two quarterbacks just and shoveling good, the ball and good around. running backs. Yeah, who's the good running back on Atlanta? Is uh, instead of um, well, it's not Stephen Jackson anymore, so it's going to be better. Well, it's it's the backup it's Devonta Freeman. Yeah, I, I just don't know about that. C.J. Spiller and All right, Devonta then Freeman. It'll be Antone Smith. Well, at least the they, one touchdown per touch guy. At least they re-signed him. I mean, if, if you look at his stats, he he has Anton been. Smith is insane. He's been totally clutch for forever. Uh, we'll see. I I don't see that as a great game, although it could be a high fantasy points game. It could be an interesting game. Rebounding teams. I don't know. You, you're you're being very optimistic. Okay. <laughs> Week eight, uh, the Super Bowl that could have been the Packers at the Broncos on Sunday night. If only the Broncos had beat the Colts and the Patriots. No, I do like that. I, I think both those teams will still be very good. Yeah, I you know the Packers have a lot of uh, primetime games. The Broncos, of course, have plenty. Uh, week 9, DeMarco Murray goes back home to Dallas. That's a Sunday night game. Peyton Manning goes back to Indy. He has played there already as a Bronco, but you know the NFL loves to play up those stories. But mostly it's the Broncos versus the Colts. Two very good teams. That's a rematch of the playoffs last year. I think that that's going to be a really good game. So Manning's going to be, what, 39? Peyton Manning? Uh, 38? You know that you're old when you're, they're older than us, right? That's a lot older. It, it, he is. You know? So uh, I think... 324.76. He is 39. So I think when you look at this and say, like last year, for example, and the year before, and a lot of those years, uh, when you look at it in actuality... Uh, during the last half of the season, he he really plummets as far as his production is concerned because he's not able to have that kind of stamina that he had when he was younger. So that's why they always focus on the run game more, give him shorter passes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think that 
I've always been saying this is the year where he's going to run down. I say the same thing about Frank Gore, and it never happens. I mean, I, I would be surprised if Frank Gore and uh, Peyton Manning still didn't put up the same numbers that they have been putting up. And Frank Gore could easily run for another 1,000 yards uh, yeah. on the Colts, and Peyton Manning could easily put up another 3,500 yards as a quarterback. But I think that both of them have more and more chances exponentially every year, especially in the back half of the year, to uh, decline. so Certainly. And he's going to be the kind of guy that you're going to want to, if you are going to pick him up, look at trading him earlier. Well, poor Broncos, man. It's like it's like an old... Uh, uh, it's like an old car that's just slowly dying, and, and like more and more things on it are breaking until it doesn't work yeah, anymore. Yeah, they lost their Julius Thomas this year. <laughs> Next year, they may lose their Peyton Manning. Yeah, um, but he, you know, for now, he's got C.J. Anderson, he's got Demarius Thomas, and he's got Emmanuel Sanders. They'll be all right. They have to score six touchdowns a game to win, so we'll see <laughs> how long they can keep that up. Well, you know, especially against the Colts, like this could be the turning point where they just lose and then become forgotten. Which team? The Broncos. The Broncos. Could be. So, uh in week 11, Thursday night football goes back to Jacksonville for the second year in a row. I don't understand why they're doing that. Uh it's the Titans at the Jags, which is going to be a stink fest. Um I predict it now, and I believe I will be correct. So, in addition to saving the clip earlier that you were pretty sure was wrong of me, uh, go ahead and save this one, too, at one ten twenty three, Dave. <laughs> I'm not writing this down, by the way. Oh, you're breaking the, uh, you know, the scene that we're painting for people. Okay. Is that me just writing down times? Yeah. And then pulling them up later. Being like, ha I will get you. Uh, well, obviously Jacksonville and the Titans are teams that both have issues. However, last year I think we both agreed that Jacksonville was uh, starting to look a lot better defensively as well as uh, moving some things around offensively. I think they'll be far superior to the Titans because the Titans just look terrible. Terrible. Yeah, and the Jaguars have Julius Thomas now. Yeah, they, they got better. The Titans didn't do anything. They got better. So uh, Denver goes to Chicago that week in Week 11. So... John Fox and some of his assistants and Jay Cutler get to play their old team and most likely lose. Well, if, if what I think will happen happens and, and Denver goes on the decline after being romped by Indy in Indianapolis, then perhaps the Bears, you know, your team of choice, uh, team of record, could could beat the Broncos. Make themselves feel good. I am on record as having rooted for the Bears in the past. <laughs> uh, I do like uh, Week 12 Brady versus Manning. That's always good. Um, in Turkey Day game, Steelers go to Seattle, and then you've also got... That's going to be a good... I think that's a Sunday night game that week. Or no, that's uh, right before the Sunday night game. That should be, uh, you know, both teams hopefully healthy and in full effect. And it's one of those matches, like you said before, you've got, like, one of the best offenses against one of the best defenses, I think. Well, the Steelers started off so poorly last year, and they're such a good team, they would have, you know, had a bye if they would have carried that through the whole season they would have been the number one offense in football if they hadn't been terrible for the first four or five games of the season you know what they really need is Le'Veon Bell to not be missing for the beginning of the season eh, it happens all the time like uh, I remember last year there was Roethlisberger gone for three or four there was uh 
Uh, Heinz Ward gone for a couple. Like they they always have these issues. The Steelers are are a great team in my opinion. I'm a fan of theirs, I must say. But uh, always a team that has injuries and somehow gets through them. Uh, when they reassemble and become a healthy team at the end of the year is when they march through the playoffs and do well. Um, yeah. So so we'll see. Uh, but I do like that game. It's just kind of scary whenever your team goes to Seattle. Definitely. So the very next week, uh, the Patriot sorry the Pittsburgh Steelers are hosting the Colts. I love all of these games, by the way. It's- yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of really good games. The Steelers are apparently... That's a rematch of the crazy-ass game that Ben Roethlisberger had last year when he threw six touchdowns. I think there was at least ten touchdowns in that game passing. Uh, so I, just for the fun of it, want to see another crazy-ass game like that. Probably will be. It's still Todd Haley. It's uh, Indianapolis. Uh, I don't know that they're going to suddenly be better at running the ball, so... Uh, right, Frank Gore. and Le'Veon Bell will be in prime form in Week 13. So just going back to the previous week for a second, that Brady versus Manning, I believe, is the 17th, could be, the 17th regular season matchup between those two. Well, Brady's taking it again. That's got to be, yeah, some kind of crazy record. Uh, poor I know Manning. it's really in the playoffs that Brady dominates more, um, but, yeah, right now Brady's probably got a better team. I mean, right now he absolutely has a better team. At that point, it will probably be a better team, especially because you think that the Broncos are going to fade this year. They already faded last year. They did. They really did. I mean, it's not It's not that I'm saying that they will. I'm saying that they already did and that the precedent's already there and they lost people. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. You're, you're not a big Denver Broncos fan, right? So, uh, No, I mean, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Well, you don't agree? You think they'll like they'll march right back up and then get I think the that they're going to start off strong and then fade again at the end of the year. Yep. You know, we'll see if it's a really bad fade or if it's kind of a slower fade. Well, the maybe prob- just falling off a cliff. It's it's just having a middle aged person as your quarterback. A middle aged person that's very politically correct of you. Well, uh, you mean an old white guy? Well, that's that's what it is. It's it's an old. He's an old dude. I mean, yeah, he's good. But it's like my dad playing basketball. Like he could probably hit a couple shots, do pretty well for like ten minutes. But he's not gonna play a full like. 45 minute game he's he's gonna still be knocking everything down he's gonna slow down after a very short amount of time and he's not gonna be running at 100 percent capacity it's impossible i mean you look at guys running backs that fall off a cliff when they're 30 well you know uh, quarterbacks can last a little bit longer but but not that much longer they can't you can't have a 45 year old quarterback it doesn't happen one of them is about to be honored at the beginning of the se- in the on Thanksgiving this year. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Uh. We should make that another drinking rule. Every time you say Brett Favre, it's not going to happen very often. I don't think that means that that's exactly why you should have to drink every single time it happens. Right on. Okay, so following it up, uh, or wrapping it up, I should say, week fourteen. Seattle is in Baltimore. The reason I bring that up only is because Seattle is five. T- Five primetime games this year. You know, I have to say, I'm really, I'm really enjoying this brew free or die. Apparently, which I did not slur that. Drink Fravarv. Slurring plenty of things. No, I will drink Fravarv. That's cool. You're allowed. You're allowed. And then in week 14, also, Dallas will will be going to Green Bay. It's a playoff rematch. That's going to be another good game. Basically, what I'm saying here is go football. Yeah, well, we we have time to discuss, and we will have some shows sporadically to discuss uh, some things 
going forward. Of course, after the draft, which occurs in, in just over one week here in Chicago, we'll have a lot to discuss about those players coming out of college and entering into the NFL. And I think that uh, we'll probably have our, our rookie expert on, Sean Foss, to discuss that with us um, in a couple of weeks. And after that, I'm sure we'll we'll have uh, a couple of shows to discuss some of the various positions, and then we'll actually talk about drafting and strategies and, and the things that you really need to lock down on before the season starts. We'll dive back into a weekly sort of fantasy football format a lot closer to the season. And I gotta tell you what, I can't wait for the season now. I'm really pumped with the release of the schedule today. I'm very excited to go see some football next year. I haven't been to a football game in a long time, probably four years now at least. Um, so I'm definitely gonna try to go to at least one, maybe two, three games next year. Why not, right? You got it. Well, remember to subscribe to our podcast. Check us out at drink5.com, Drink5 Network on Stitcher, on iTunes, all over the place. And leave us a review if uh, if you're so inclined. It just helps us out, and you'll feel good about yourself. 